Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Seaspire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 220, and today we'll be talking about the Craig of the Creek episode, The Curse. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So, Craig of the Creek again. Matt Burnett, Ben Levin, former writers on Steven Universe, but The Curse especially has a Steven Universe pedigree because Amber Craig was one of the storyboarders for it. Yeah. So we have a, a bit of an extra Steven Universe connection with this one, just like we had with Monster in the Garden with Lamar Abrams and Jeff Liu. Yeah, there's some definite Steven Universe vibes to this episode, uh, especially the amount of canon that's revealed. First of all, Craig and Friends all age three, uh, as revealed by the <laughs> yes. Creek Witches. Also, we have a, a good map that's being created at the beginning of this episode. Still waiting to see that map completed. Uh, also, confirmation of the Italian elf class of beings within this uh, world. So lots of good stuff here. Deep lore. Deep lore. Deepest. And uh, of course, who can who can forget our uh, our favorite uh, new space rocks introduced in this episode? They'd fit. They'd be right at home in the crystal gems. I think. <laughs> yep, the crystal gems could definitely uh, add a few more teenagers without noticing. I mean, most likely, uh, most likely they'd end up adding a permafusion, if you know what I'm saying. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I catch a drift. Um, yeah. These uh, these two characters are awesome. Yeah, Tabitha and Courtney were instant fan favorites. Yeah, I, I love the likability of characters uh, in Craig of the Creek, and especially here, you know, we've already been introduced to some teenagers before in the show, in the card battling episode, but, like, this intersection is especially fun because, uh, you know, Craig and friends are just totally, n- never even once questioned that that these gals are witches and i love how quickly they play into the roles also i just love from their before you even see them the sort of way that they've defaced the table and everything their little anarchy symbols and then uh our actual formal introduction i just love the setup between you know having dad problems and, and then going to college <laughs> and uh you know worried about not seeing your special friend uh you know after they have to move away that's um I don't know. I really, these characters are so relatable. And, uh, you know, honestly, it has a Steven Universe pedigree, but I think Steven Universe can take some notes on uh, making making your side characters this likable. I think the thing they achieve the best here is just how important they are to this episode as Craig and friends are. Like, the stories are really equal. They feel no less of side characters than anyone else and really want to see them come back. They haven't come back, have they? I'm not so good at catching every episode. Uh, they were they were featured in the last kid in the creek. They they helped Craig with another magic problem there. Okay, that's cool. So yeah, when th- when this episode first aired, it's like, oh, please let Tabitha and Courtney be featured in later episodes. I mean, they were they were in the theme song, so I was pretty sure. I mean, heck, just as soon as we saw them in the theme song, it's like, oh, those are some awesome character designs. I hope we see more of them, and we did. Yes. So also. <laughs> You know, Steven Universe does this, this show does this. You know, there's one one thing both the shows share is object specificity when it comes to, uh, you know, whether it's a cereal box or something else. And, and this episode has that between there's a salt that looks a lot like uh, Mortimer. I can't remember. Yeah, the Morton salt. Yeah. So those things exist. But also character specificity. When you're going for like diversity in your cast, the like specificity of experiences, you can really feel them in these characters that the writers are, are really channeling a personal experience they have or, or really create a character that doesn't feel just general and generic, right? Like that's kind of a tough thing to do 
when you're like, oh, what new characters am I going to put in the show? Drawing on specificity, like these designs uh, are are awesome. There's so many details uh, <laughs> to them between, you know, pa- the missing or shaved eyebrows and, and the different uh, piercings, just the outfits they wear, the what what are the, the neck chokers, like all these pieces of their outfit are a lot more than just like they're wearing striped shorts and jeans or something, right? Like these are instantly recognizable characters that speak to like a ton of people's experiences. And that's just awesome. Yeah, and I, I should say that Tabitha and Courtney, voiced by a pair of guest voice actresses, I have their Wikipedia page open right here. They're known for their podcast, My Favorite Murder. So hey, if you're a fan <laughs> of podcasts, it's a true crime comedy podcast, apparently. And I'm just glad they're able to take time out and voice two excellent characters. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, please link that in the on the for the episode on the webpage because I want to check that out. That's really cool. Will do. I can imagine that they're yeah the voice work for this like I mean obviously you already get the connection between the characters but they just play off each other really well uh, going back and forth. So I bet they'd be really awesome in a podcast. That's cool. I loved Kelsey's little remark about this is the best tree for spying on people. How do you know that? Yes, the best tree <laughs> yeah meanwhile someone can't even uh figure out that <laughs> he can breathe guys how do ski masks work yeah <laughs> yeah uh i love it when craig's placed in the middle is just the sort of voice of reason while <laughs> kelsey and co just uh totally <laughs> do their thing oh yeah craig tried to be the voice of reason later on you know as he, as he sees them having their tender moment, you know, like, oh, I just want to spend time with you while I can. And, you know, Courtney's down there blushing. And, you know, Craig's like, oh, maybe we shouldn't hurt the witches. And Kelsey's like, no, I'm not going to let, you know, this get in the way of my mission. Soak them! <laughs> yes. Also, let's not forget the introduction of Glenn. Glenn, who needs to build <laughs> more trust with his daughter and find some sandals. There's a lot of story going on with Glenn's relationship to his daughter um, and, and his obsession with jazz clarinets. Maybe his sandal wouldn't have fallen off if he hadn't been wearing that sock with it. Hmm. Possibly. I think that could be it. Also, great... Uh obvious and clear reference to SpongeBob SquarePants with the ripped pants, uh, although we didn't get a musical oh. number afterwards. Well, Not all it. ripped pants have to be a reference to SpongeBob. <laughs> I think we all know that's where that comes from. Um, <laughs> but I like uh, just Craig helping helping some, some witches out, uh, getting across between logs and, and ropes, you know. I just love his character continuing to always build that he's he's a good guy looking to help people out even when when his pants are ripped. I love that Bad Little Witches book. When are we going <laughs> to get merch of that? Yes, I love the sharp contrast between the two reference materials. It's like, here's this giant book uh, with some pretty intense details on how to capture the undead and also pouring water on these cute little witch characters uh, probably gives them a bad day. It's a real bad time for a witch. Yeah. Well, of course you remember Spiky Spectre. (laughs) He has some curious spikes on his chest. As we find out in the next episode, Craig's got a thing for collecting action figures just like any boy his age should. (laughs) Uh, And it often gets him in trouble, as uh, Mr. Spike did this time. And as Rhinelope gets him in trouble next episode. You gotta watch out. Watch out for your close toy friends. They will get you. (laughs) I I do love how, 
you know, JP's like, nope, my day was completely ordinary. And like, JP, you got a glue bottle stuck to your head. <laughs> Although to be fair, like, that probably happens a lot. Yeah, it feels typical for him. Um, I just love how it went completely unexplained, you know? Don't know where, where you'd end up with that much glue stuck to the side of your face. I mean, that is standard white glue. The only way that could have even had a chance at happening is if he had, like, fallen asleep with his head in a pool of the stuff. <laughs> Which, well, you never know. When you're cursed, you're cursed, so... You know, he, he did complain about a lack of Z's, so I'm pretty sure that's what they were getting at. They were explaining how he could fall asleep with his head in a pool of glue. <laughs> yeah. So, that was probably very much expected and intended. <laughs> oh, uh, just speaking of that scene, I love, you know, Kelsey's hairband is gone and she has the, the straightened hair because she can't use her hair tie, so it's all flowing down and, you know, Mortimer must have sensed my demise was imminent. That whole bit was good. But Mortimer is very faithful uh, and did yes. not leave her, which is a very good reminder, very good character building for Mortimer, you know. Oh, yeah. This is, this is as much his story as it is Craig's. <laughs> yes. Uh, when's the solo episode? Come on. They could, they could make a spinoff series called Mortimer the Brave. Wow. <laughs> From solo episode to an entire syndicated 52 episode cartoon. I'm, I'm into it. The whole, the whole series, I thought you had to go 65 for syndication. Uh, I don't know. These days you get 10 episodes and then they ditch you, so. Yep, churn, churn, churn. So, I have a question. Have you watched Summer Camp Island much? I watched the first episode of Summer Camp Island, and that does not mean I didn't like it. I just have only watched the first episode so far. So, you've seen a part that's uh, very important. Uh, remember how there was one of the witches who was constantly referring to the campers as babies? <laughs> yes okay so what jumped out at me is in this episode tabitha refers to craig and the crew as babies once as well and i'm like i don't think that was intended but that's an interesting thing which is calling people babies <laughs> yeah is that a reference to something are they both referring to the same source material does julia potts like to hang out with matt and ben i mean what's the scoop I'm sure everyone's hanging out. Also, maybe, uh, you know, we're just too pure-hearted to, to call people babies all the time. Whereas maybe that's a very common experience for some people. Or maybe when you just have to, when you're a teenager dealing with, with younger kids, you know? They're all kind of babies to you. I really did like that. The, the, like, you know, the show normally viewing Craig. You know, from Craig's perspective, I mean, he's not just, like, a little baby, you know? He's, you know, has as much of a, like, valid life as anyone else. But to the teenagers, it's like... This kid literally believes we're witches. Like, what a dumb little boy. But, I, you know, he grew in their eyes, as a, or at least Courtney's eyes. <laughs> Let me get into full-on conspiracy mode here, right? Okay. <laughs> in, in, in the first episode of Summer Camp Island, Susie not only calls the campers babies, but she also says she's the prettiest girl to ever talk to. Oh. I don't know if it's all of them or just Oscar specifically. Uh -huh. And in this one... Tabitha calls them babies, and she also remarks that they are both beautiful witches, uh, which also makes me want to say, oh no, they're liars too! <laughs> would be would be funny to add as an outtake. But, so, mm, references to self-beauty, now that's classic witch stuff right there, but parallels, parallel, and also Susie, much beloved character, just as Tabitha and Courtney. I'm seeing a lot of parallels between the two shows, actually. You're bringing you're bringing more details that sound sound similar, uh, especially the beauty reference. I don't know, similar characters. 
I mean, so are we going to see Tabitha and Courtney making a guest appearance in season two of Summer Camp Island? Is this a is this possible? I mean, there's already precedent, right? That this show is willing Crossover to nexus. have connections, right? Like singing the little butler theme. Uh, yes. Highly yes. suspicious. And, uh, you know, if some actual witches can appear in the show, I, I don't know. There could always be references. I'm just saying I'd get a real kick out of a crossover between the two. But I, th- I think it would have to be Craig of the Creek going to Summer Camp Island. I mean, it's not like OKKO OK can't do it, you know? <laughs> uh, OKKO, OK let's be heroes. And make more crossover episodes. Yes, Guarded is forever the best. Well, let's see here, what other fun things? I, I this, is, this is one of my favorite episodes, though. I, I, I just like the general vibe of, I mean, any time that you get characters that are, are, are different enough, like, but you can still weave their stories together, right? Like, Craig's world is a lot different than, like, Tabitha's world, you know? And yet, the way that you can draw those stories together, I don't know, I just find that particularly interesting. It's fun having that, like, age difference in characters. And even, you know, having a dad wandering around the forest, when you just get those (laughs) different levels of life experience, it just adds a good difference to, you know, when we're normally just playing in full imagination land, kind of mixing the, like, adult world real and then letting them play within the rules of Craig's world, where normally all the kids understand the rules. It's kind of fun to bring that same imagination to older characters. So I think that's always good. Plus, their stories just, they got a little more depth. They got a little more going on. You know, Craig and his friends haven't experienced as much in the world, so they don't have all the dark backstories of not wanting to practice the clarinet as everyone else. So I wonder if Tabitha and Courtney get a third episode. Do you think the witches could meet the elders? Oh, God. I don't know what that, uh, what <laughs> what they would uh, do. Like, would it be a competitive episode? Would they really be down to vibe? I feel like the, the you know, mm. the geeks are a little more, uh, less, less welcome to outsiders. I'm not sure. It, it, it would have to be, it would have to be a manger reference with the elders doing some LARPing and the witches like naturally falling into that LARPing just like they did in this episode. Right. Like, I think they could definitely, uh, and of course, the witches would have to utterly crush the elders because the elders are not allowed to win any LARP fights. It's a precedent. Yeah, I think I think the whole group could probably get together very well. And that's that's a very Craig of the Creek, Steven Universe thing to do is having characters actually like each other a whole lot. So, yeah, I say bring them together. I don't know, you know, since we don't have we aren't really waiting on more characters from the theme song to appear. So these are kind of the teenagers we have to work with. I think they're going to have to appear together in an episode. Yeah. Oh, that would be so epic if they had a LARPing episode. <laughs> I mean, Kelsey's Kelsey already lives the LARP life, so you have a good reason for Craig and his crew to be there on the scene. Kelsey drags them there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I hadn't really thought. Kelsey's basically always in uh, in LARPing mode. <laughs> always has her weapon on her. So I mean, um, you'll you'll see the the next witch episode. Uh, she actually has her father read an in-character note for her, and he's not happy. <laughs> I mean, she she never stops. She's got no off switch on her LARP on her LARP functionality. I mean, her internal monologue is driving her forward. I, uh, you know, yeah. that that's what I love about this show the like the fantasy worlds that are totally realistic to the kids. I mean, that's what Kelsey she knows that's true about her life. She is she is the hero of her story. It's great. Yeah. The hero of her own novel. <laughs> well, did you have any further thoughts on The Curse? 
Um, you know, I, I'm still worried. So Craig broke his own curse, but but we didn't see Kelsey or JP do the same, uh, well, uh, you know, ceremony. He broke it on their behalf. It, it was one curse placed on the three of them. So if, if one breaks it, it breaks for all of them. I'm just saying, if they ever uh, need something out of these kids again, witches could definitely uh, now, call it in and trick them up. Well, it uh, it is interesting, though, because... Tabitha bestows the Empress of Swords upon Craig at the end of this episode mm. to offer him protection against other curses. And interestingly enough, in the next witch episode, there is a curse that befalls all but Craig. Now, they offer another explanation for it in that episode, but I do wonder if the Empress of Swords was watching over him. I, I think that sounds like the case. I need to see the second witch episode too, don't I? Yes, you do. I do like that bestowment. Oh, that that was like the best part of the episode. And it's a good episode. Yeah. Anyway, guys, that's been us on The Curse. Uh, join us next week. We'll be talking about the final issue of the Harmony miniseries, Harmony number five. Until next week, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.